0: Dark Days of Dorothy Gale contains content not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Darker Days of Dorothy Gale Chapter 33 Simon Magus Year 206 A.T.W. After the Wizard The crowd of fearful onlookers gasped and stepped aside as the lion dragged Simon Magus from his tent and through the encampment. Battered and bruised, he was dropped at the feet of the stranger. He knelt beside Simon and looked him in the eyes with complete, unfettered anger and hatred. Simony, said the stranger through tightly gritted teeth. I will not tolerate simony. He reached into his coat pocket and pulled out a small silver necklace, threaded through a fine silver ring. Do you know what this is, continued the stranger as he pressed the necklace to Simon's forehead. Simon said nothing in response. Your silence... Is my answer, said the stranger as he slowly stood up and looked out upon the crowd. Simon Magus was a man of faith, a devout follower of the stranger since the day they first met. Friends, family, children, followers, the stranger said calmly as a crowd gathered around him in the center of a small village. I bring you news of a great tragedy. The Wizard of Oz is dead. I have seen the emaciated and pitiful remains of him myself. The crowd gasped in unison. Lies, screamed Simon. This man is telling us lies. Everyone turned their focus from the stranger to the skeptic in the crowd. What makes you so sure he's lying? asked one person. Yeah. How do you know he's lying? asked another. What makes you so sure he's not? replied Simon snidely. It's hard to believe, brother, interrupted the stranger. I did not want to believe it myself. But it is the unfortunate truth. He pulled a white cloth, spattered with red from the breast pocket of his jacket, and turned it to the crowd. I pulled this cloth From his body myself. I was there. No more than three days ago. The crowd let out another collective gasp as they turned to each other and murmured among themselves. Do not listen to this man, Simon cried out once again. Anyone who has ever been to the city of Emerald or even heard the stories of the city, for that matter. Know that the wizard would not be wearing white. He would be wearing green. The stranger was becoming frustrated, but he knew if he was to amass any followers, he would need to persist in the face of adversity. To keep his composure... The stories you have all heard, continued the stranger, are lies. The crowd gasped once more as they turned to Simon for his inevitable rebuttal. This time Simon said nothing. Those fortunate enough, continued the stranger, to witness the grandeur of the city of Emerald. Know that the city is indeed protected by the green wall. You know, upon entry, you must don the spectacles. The stranger pulled a pair of goggles from another pocket and held them up. I have been there. I have seen the city. And I know the truth. The truth is never easy to confront. But it is undeniable. Emerald, in its green splendor, was nothing but a trick. The wall cast a green tint on everything and the spectacles did the rest. He threw the goggles into the crowd, and the villagers took turns looking through them as they passed them around. It's true, said one of the villagers as she looked through them. Everything is green through them. A child began to cry in the crowd as his weeping mother fell to her knees and held him close. Simon Magus took the goggles and placed them to his own eyes. The world turned green. His heart filled with regret, his ego bruised, his head filled with doubt, and anger overtook him. Everything he believed was a lie. Not only that, but there was now a man standing in front of him. A man he could see and hear for himself, speaking an unmatched truth. From that moment forward, he followed the stranger. Years passed as Simon Magus traveled alongside the stranger. He helped amass followers and watched as others rose through the ranks of the order ahead of himself. He listened to the sermons, the prophecies, and the stories. He saw the miracles of the stranger as he placed his hands to the heads of those in need, filling them with love and hope in the direst of times. He watched the baptisms in the rivers and lakes. He wept alongside the travelers when their loved ones fell ill or passed away on their journey. He preached and relate the stories himself, yet he remained nothing more than a mere vessel for the spoken word. Simon Magus wanted more from his faith. He wanted more for his dedication. He wanted more for his years of atonement for his initial skepticism and doubt. But he was never granted the gift he so greatly desired. It was at this point in his life that he devised his plan. It was clear now. The only way to rise... To gain anything in this religion was to buy it. Every high priest, every bishop, every cardinal was born of wealth. It was also becoming clear that the so-called miracles were nothing more than parlor tricks. People were not really feeling better by his touch. They were simply being tricked into thinking they were feeling better. The stranger was no messenger of a higher power. He was nothing more than a fraud. Granted, he was an exceptionally talented and confident fraud. But a fraud no less. Simon Magus lost his faith in his final living weeks. He did not, however, lose his desire to be a person of importance in the hierarchy of the stranger's divine order. If he could not rise in the ranks, he would stop at nothing to prove the stranger's deceit. Three weeks before his death, Simon crept into the stranger's tent and stole from it. A small silver necklace, that ran through a small silver ring. His heart raced non-stop from the time he pocketed the necklace to the time he was executed. His nerves shot. He spent the following weeks trying to pawn the sacrament off and into the hands of every priest in the Order. Six refused to accept it or grant him favor. It was only when he approached the seventh and final priest, Boniface, that he was relieved of his burden. Boniface accepted the charm with a sly grin and the promise of a good word given to the stranger. It was only at this moment that Simon Magus felt any kind of relief. And even then, it was short-lived as the next day would be his last. This man is guilty of simony, the stranger screamed as he looked out and over the crowd. He attempted to use this relic, which he stole from my own altar. Attempted to buy his way into priesthood. I will not tolerate the cheapening, the lessening, the defamation of my, of our faith. The crowd cheered as the stranger lifted Simon from the ground and turned him to face them. A look of shame and guilt adorned his face, but it was also a look of resolve. What do you have to say for yourself? asked the stranger, quietly as he leaned in behind Simon, speaking directly into his ear. Simon took a deep breath as he looked into the crowd. He turned his head to look at the stranger, and the stranger quickly turned him back to face his peers. You answer to them, he said forcefully, to more cheering and applause. Simon took another deep breath as his plan began to fall into place. I'm sorry he said solemnly. I am sorry for my sins. I am not sorry for my wants and desires to be a great leader, to be an advisor in this establishment. It is true. I tried to buy power where power should be earned, and for that I am truly sorry. But when there is no other way, no other way to rise. When your leader is nothing but a greedy heretic, what is a person to do? Tell me, what was I to do? Repent, said the stranger calmly. As he grabbed Simon tightly by the shoulders. The crowd cheered as he dragged him to a large well near the fire. Repent, my child, as you suffer the consequences. And with that, the stranger threw Simon Magus head first into the well. The crowd roared as the stranger continued to pour some sort of oil into the well. Simon's voice echoed from its depths, but his words were incoherent. The stranger walked over to the fire and pulled a large burning log from it. Let Simon Magus be remembered as the one who served you all. A valuable lesson. The power of the gods is not for sale. The crowd's cheers grew silent as he dropped the torch down the well. The feeling in the air suddenly grew tense and uncomfortable as the orange glow of the flames disappeared into the darkness of the pit. Seconds felt like minutes before the flames erupted, accompanied by the screams of the Simoniac, Simon Magus. As the flames rose higher, Simon's screams louder. The crowd began to cheer once more.